Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than Sean Bean playing for Sheffield United. My name's Ash Rose, your host and guide on this, the original 1990s football podcast. And what a very special episode we have for you today as Alive and Kicking went live. As part of the brilliant Jumpers for Goalpost Festival at uh, the beginning of August, Sunday the 3rd or 4th of August weekend, we did a live show on the Sunday, which was a retro-inspired day, which of course, completely right up our street. Myself, Joel Young, Matthew Chris, all headed down to Printworks in London, and it was a really, really fun day. Um, props to the guys at Jumpers for Goalpost, put on a really interesting and fun weekend. The, as I said, the retro-themed Sunday had a lot of people there wearing their classic football shirts, which is brilliant for me to see um, special shout out to Aza McKenzie who was wearing his USA 94 shirt friend of the show and we even got to meet Table Tim if you don't know who that is go back in the archive when we talked about our top flight table the essential 90s top flight table Tim was the man who put together the quintessential by stats he came up with the table we met him in person didn't even know he was going to be there but brilliant to meet you Tim and great shirt he was wearing the Norwich City shirt from the 1992 and 93 season the Jeremy Goss shirt if you would so yeah and there was loads of other shirts roaming around the halls and there was panels and uh, stalls and screenings got to see a few friends of the show as well Greg Lansdowne was there talking about um, stickers John Devlin talking about kits so yeah Really, really fun weekend. Thank you very much to Jumpers for Goalpost for allowing us to bring the live show there. Um, great audience, great guests, because we were allowed to... Well, allowed. We we joined forces with the Player for a Legend guys, uh, which you, if you're not aware of Play with Legend, they're essentially uh, a company that organise stag do's or parties or if you've got an event coming up, and you can play with one of your football heroes, so set up a five aside or an 11 aside with one of the guys they got on their books. There's a whole plethora of different 90s legends as well as 2000s and I think even some 80s legends on there. So go and check them out. We teamed up with them and was able to bring our own guest to jump into the gold pace, which you'll be able to hear in a minute. Former Arsenal and West Ham and England left-back Nigel Winterburn join us for a special show that we call Room 1990s as we all argued our case for certain things that we thought were the best of the 90s. So yeah, that is coming up as we go live um, at Jumpers for Goalposts. And yeah, we seem to have got a trend all of a sudden and our live shows are getting England left-backs as guests. So Andy Hinchcliffe, Stuart Pearce, Graham Lasso, watch out, you're going to be next. But yes, thank you very much once again to Jumpers for Goalposts, Rahul, Emma, all the team down there. It was very much we're honoured to be a part of the festival. We really, really enjoyed ourselves. Uh, we had the same conversations on the way out as we always do, that we really, really enjoy these live shows, mainly down to the audience who are fantastic as well. So we really are looking to do more of these. Probably, we've never done one in our own right. We've always been part of a uh, festival like we were this time around or an opening. So there are some irons in the fire about doing our own shows, maybe around Christmas time as like a Christmas special from Alive and Kicking. So keep your eye on social and keep listening to the shows we sort of explore the possibility of doing more live shows because it's really really fun to, to just to talk 90s with you guys in person uh, before we get to the show though please remember please follow us on twitter at ak90s or on instagram at ak90s pod and please rate review share and subscribe on whatever podcast podcast a podcast platform easy for me to say you guys follow as it really does help us five star ratings reviews all helps in the long run of keeping the live and kicking the best 90s football podcast it can be. So here it is then, myself, Joe Young, Matthew Chris and special guest Nigel Winterburn, live from Jumpers for Goalposts. Sit back and enjoy a nostalgic ride through the decade that truly changed the face of football. If the 90s are now retro, then it's time for a celebration. Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. Storm inside. 
Hello, we're, we're, as you can see, alive and kicking, the 90s football podcast, the original one. Um, there's been more since, but we're the original one. Oh, you one. won't let it go, will I, you? I won't, I won't let it go, I won't ever let it go. Um, my name's Ash Rose, I'll be your host and your guide through the decade that changed football forever. That's what we normally say, don't we? Yeah, I don't know, you say it. Yeah, I'm that's true, listening. yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, I'll do the cheap plug first before uh, we get into the meat of the sandwich. Um, we've been going sort of four or five years now. Every week's a different theme on 90s football, um, ranging from, we done, we've done a kit one, but we've done TV shows, we've done stickers, strikers, teams. And actual games and things that are important. Things that football. are actually important, yeah. yeah. Um, but check us out on Twitter at AK90s or Instagram at AK90sPod. Um, and we're on whatever podcast platform you choose just search alive and kick in um, and we're there for you um, but let me introduce my band of uh, merry men first of all as I said I'm Ash Rose um, but on the, at the end there he is a, a social media mogul as I call him for many plethora of outlets not the minute I'm not well he's on, he's on <laughs> hiatus at the moment uh, he's also Borough's favourite son, even though Middlesbrough don't really know it anyway. Uh, Joel, how you doing? <laughs> Thanks for the insult, yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I don't really want to be insulted today about Middlesbrough. I'm going home this week, so that'll be good. Yeah, there's, spoiler alert, there's going to be a lot of Middlesbrough on this pod. Sorry. Yeah, so aware to that. Mark's uh, here, team. though. He, he's a Borough fan, so we're all right. There's, got, there's at least one Middlesbrough fan here. You've got here. some backup. You've got some yeah, backup. Yeah, we're all right. Um, you, next to him is a writer of plethora outfits and a friend to the stars. You're very much a... You've got a very lot of 90s football friends. Does that you? include him? I don't yeah. count, no. No, you don't count. Matthew Christ. You all right, Matthew? Oh, very well. Good to be down in the big smoke. I mean, yeah. it's good to uh, see you in person. We were normally talking from about 200-odd miles away, but... Um, yeah, you've come, all, you've come all the way from the might of Liverpool, haven't you? I came down from the... Uh, Northwest yesterday morning, about six yeah. o'clock in the morning. Viral. Six o'clock in the morning, that's yeah. early for you. All the, w all the way through town. I Were was you drunk on a train again? Uh, no, but everyone else was. <laughs> <laughs> I think I stepped in about three kebabs on the way through town. It's rare, it's rare not to see you with a pear cider in your hand as well. I would have had a pear cider. I did bring him a, a pear cider as a gift, as a peace offering, you know. Uh, but I wasn't allowed to bring the pear cider in, so, uh, sorry. As a result, I've got to drink five pound pints of lager. Oh, he's still mourning about the price of beer in London, honest to God. <laughs> okay, and obviously completing the live, and somebody you probably all more rather to hear to see than us. Two-time league winner, FA Cup winner, League Cup winner, Cup Winners' Cup, Mr Nigel Windsorburn. Hey! Good afternoon. Oh, he gets a round of applause. He gets a round of applause. We've got to play better. Thank bit. you very much. I That's was... The, um, remember these goals, Nigel? We were talking about these earlier, weren't we? Um, well, you... I was, yes. <laughs> I, I try not to remember them too Look much. Look at that so, finish. Um, uh, I'm getting a bit old now, so... Uh, this one we think's in Europe. We couldn't remember the team, could we? No, I, I, no, I couldn't. I only usually got one goal a season. Yeah, so this should, is the I one everyone remembers, remember, though, isn't it? This is the, the Chelsea game. Well, yeah, it's a bit more modern, wasn't it, in 98, so... Uh, what was going through your mind at that point when you picked up the ball? Was it always shoot? Because you weren't known for it, were you? Uh, no. I, if you if you see that caption again, Dennis Wise falls over to uh, to my inside, and I'm thinking initially I'm thinking to pass, and as he falls over, I'm thinking I'll just keep taking it and taking it, and then uh, the ball just sits up nicely. So I'm thinking I might as well just have a go from here. And uh, once you once I hit it and got a good strike on it, I, I knew it was it's in straight away. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Was that week? Was it last? Was it late last minute as well? I uh, think. Three minutes to go. Yeah. Three, three, two. Not that I can remember it too well. <laughs> <laughs> so you should. Uh, what we're going to do today, actually, as well, um, while we've got Nigel and the boys on the team, as I say, every episode has a theme. Um, today's theme we're calling Room 1990s. Um, so we're twisting the classic Room 101. No Nick Hancock though. Or Frank Skinner. Whatever happened to Nick or Hancock? Or Paul Merson. Merton, even yeah, not Paul none Merson. Of that. We've all chosen, basically, uh, we've got five categories. Uh, we've all chosen what our favourite is in that category. Uh, and then at the end of each round, you lot, yes, you've got a job, 
You lot have got to choose who goes into room. I wonder whose choices will win every time. Well, it won't be Borough, will it? Let's be honest, but we'll see. <laughs> it won't be mine either. <laughs> Depends how many Arsenal fans we've got in the audience, doesn't it? Although some of your choices aren't Arsenal. Um, we're going to kick off then, first of all, I must say, before we get into it, uh, Nigel is joining us thanks to the brilliant guys at Play With A Legend over there. Josh and the boys are a brilliant company set up a few years ago where if you want a footballer to join you for a kickabout on a stag do or, or someone's particular birthday or a holiday, get in touch with the guys at Play With A Legend. Nigel, you, you still go for a kickabout, don't you? You've been doing it for quite a long time now. Yeah, I, was, uh, I hosted one of the first events uh, for Josh and... Uh, yeah, we need some newer members to start joining now. I was pretty, pretty fit for my age up until last season and then got a bit of a compressed disc. But uh, I'm, on, I'm on the comeback trail, so if anyone's looking out there to have a birthday party and wants to kick me, uh, then they're Tottenham quite welcome to. possibly? I don't Any know. Tottenham, Tottenham yeah. fans out there? Or Chelsea yeah. fans after that one, for sure. I've met a few of those, let me tell you. <laughs> Check them out, playwithalegend.com, uh, or just go over and chat to Josh and the boys over there. I feel like Josh should buy injurelegend.com as well, just in case. Just in case, yeah, yeah. just in case. Um, we're going to start our first round, which is kit, which I know we've just had a lot of talk from the boys at the Retro Football Podcast on kits, so we thought we'd do that one first off the back of them. Um, we've all got favourite football kits, of course, and it's great to see so many of you wearing some great football shirts already. Uh, Matthew, you're going to kick us off. I've even got me whistle ready for, for the countdown. I want so to get... Remind me, how long have we got? We've got a minute. One We've got minute. a minute. One hour. You've got 15, <laughs> you got 15 minutes <laughs> I've to talk about I've now got about 16 pieces We are being of, paid by the hour, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. I've got all this technology now that I've got to try and work at once. So I'll need about five well. seconds. <laughs> you don't have to have the whole minute. It's all good. So if I make my magical clicker, we could just have a bit. Oh, there it is. Oh, look well, at there that. There you go, you see. And uh, straight away, I can tell that's from the League Cup final in 1992. And uh, United beat... But well, you're on your minute now, so go. Yeah. Tell us why. 92, yeah. Man United is your favourite kit well, of the 90s. Do I need to tell anybody why? Just look at that picture. I mean, is that not the greatest away kit you've ever seen? It's iconic. I was wandering around here yesterday, and there's some great prints over in the corner there. And sure enough, there's one of that great back print there. And even 20-odd, 25 years on, you can still recognise the fact that that is the United kit from 1990 to 1992. I'm sure you played against United in... Uh, oh, I think you picked it for the shorts. <laughs> well, I mean, no, they all wore shorts like that back then, but um, iconic shirt and also an iconic period for the club as well because you remember United were in the doldrums up until the early 90s when this kit came in and then on the back of that, they went on to win everything in the 90s. They did. Oh, you've reached You've got 15 seconds. Oh, sorry, it. I thought you were... No, no. Yeah, no, no there's, a whistle, there's a whistle coming from there's elsewhere. A, yeah. There's I'm a getting fake in position. whistle in the crowd. Yeah. No, I um, agree with you. Yeah, so... I mean, regardless of what team you support, I mean, I'd love to know what the guys from before on, on the podcast would say about this in terms of value and popularity, but it's, to me, it's the greatest kit that's ever been, and that's why you'll agree with me. I do. I that's mean, good. It's, it's one of my favourites. We've discussed this on the, on the podcast before, haven't we? And there's something about, they call it the maple leaf it's, shirt, it, don't yeah, it's they? known as a maple leaf design, and um, I'm not quite sure what it's trying to... It's an Adidas trefoil. It's the yeah. Adidas, and yeah. I think there's the... Does it not represent the M and the U? And the I, I and just the, thought it was an Adidas trefoil, but, um, but, you know, maybe I'm wrong. But, I mean, it was know, so different at the time. I remember mm. that being in the back of Match magazine when I used to buy Match magazine. Not, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to look at it myself. Well, we'll go on to that later. Yeah, we'll go on to that for sure. As I said, it's not a club thing. I think it's it's a very iconic kit of its age, and that's what an iconic. All right, all right. You've had your minute. All right, yeah. What's this? Well, it was a fake whistle in the crowd. Yeah, I'll give you a yellow card in a minute. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. It's in my top sort of five shirts. I'm going to go next, and I'm kind of repeating something that's already been said. And I think Aza's in the audience somewhere as well, sporting this beautiful number of shirt. I've got my version here. I put my clock on. Here we go. There you go. Thank you, Nigel. I've got too much better tech going on. The USA 94 kit. What I really want to do, Shay, is all I need to say is faux denim and drop the mic. I mean, look at it. <laughs> oh, we spoke to Alexi Lalas on the show, um, at one of our episodes, and he was saying how much they actually embraced the kit. But when they first saw it, they couldn't believe that they'd come up with such an idea to incorporate so much of the 94 World Cup hysteria that was around the time. And it's such a, I mean, this one, I think, is a player-worn one, and it's got, it's so thick. It's such a ridiculous material. And they played in the Miami Heat, but just, if you're going to sum up the 90s in kit design, I mean, I think <laughs> this is it. It's outlandish. It represents something from a, a, a nation that were embracing soccer for the first time. It's, yeah, for me, 
is, I mean, I think I've talked about it before on the Have podcast. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's like, yeah. Going, it's like going back to the 1930s and it's made of wool. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's a, just a thing and of beauty. It doesn't fit me anymore. I'll, I'll blow my own whistle there, but yeah. And Ash will be giving this away later oh, on. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so would anyone know how much that's worth? Oh, in the boy, wherever they've gone, the boys at the, uh, yeah, the, the bar. classic football shirts, um, yeah, they could tell us. Have you had it? I've seen, I've seen it go for sort of upwards of £300, yeah. Really? Yeah. So when I need the garden doing, I might be, uh, okay. I might be cashing in. So that's my, uh, that's my choice. Joel. Oh, this pains me. Th- I know, this is controversial for this you. This pains me. Yeah, this is very controversial for you. It's so, like the best kit of the 1980s, and there's a guy wearing it I think we've today. seen somebody walking around with this. The, the Newcastle shirt. Yeah, which, of sort of 95, 96. So this is known as the Grandad Collar shirt. This is the Grandad Collar shirt. I think, and I'm a Middlesbrough fan, and I hate Kevin Keegan. I mean, don't even, let's not even you start never, on you've that. You've never mentioned that before. I've never you? mentioned that on the podcast, have I? No. Um, I think this is the coolest shirt of the 1990s by somewhere. Iconic sponsor. Adidas looking cool, no trefoil, that might have imp- uh, improved it a little bit, but it's a classic team, you know, even I had to admire Newcastle in this time, and that's a swashbuckling quality, absolutely outstanding shirt that they have never got anywhere near since, and I know that everybody outside of Manchester and, and all things They haven't got anywhere near since winning the league since that season. Well, exactly, no, well, you'd know. I was there when they won the league, have I mentioned that? Yeah. Just a few times, yeah. Um, <laughs> just the 12 or 15 times. But yeah, gorgeous kit, lovely sponsor, classic design, wonderful colour, and it shames me to say, a very good team. Oh, that was bang on the minute. I didn't have to blow my whistle. No, See, nice I know how to do yeah, this stuff, there was, mate. there was two seconds there. Oh, yeah. Joel can't do much in two seconds. We all know that. Whee. I can do plenty in two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> but the away kit to that shirt as well, people always talk about, which is the... I've the, got a picture the of it. Purple the purple and red, and red from Newcastle yeah. West End from like yeah, 1890 something. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool as well. Uh, Nigel, you've somewhat surprisingly not chosen an Arsenal shirt that you've worn in the past. You've gone all continental on us. So um, tell us. Well, I've just got to throw in a little curveball, haven't I? Every, I, I yeah. every now and again. So I did, a, I did a little, to be honest with you, I did a little Ooh. bit of research when I knew I was I'm glad on. someone did. So, uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm now realising that I should have got a beer as well. So <laughs> I would, uh, no, we'll go, I'll uh, go to the bar now and get you one. All right. Well, let's go then. All right, cool. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. <laughs> I've got a minute, haven't I? Yeah, exactly, okay. yeah. So what I did is uh, I found this um, uh, Ajax shirt of 95, yeah, 96. Yeah, uh, and uh, I've got a little bit of a soft spot for Ajax anyway, uh, with Johan Cruyff playing for them. But then I started to do a little bit of investigation, and this shirt was worn 95-96 season, which was their last season at their own old stadium. And they tweaked around with their design a little bit uh, before with Umbro, where they'd mm. widened the red of the front and then uh, moved it back in a little bit. But why I thought this was so iconic, and I thought... Do you know what? If I was a player and a legend of a football club, I would love to, to, for this to, for me to happen to this shirt because what they did with this shirt in, in the uh, in the last season is that uh, all the legend who was considered oh that excuse me a second <laughs> time's ticking he's got ten seconds he's doing well though I might give him some extra here so what happened was with this shirt is who, who was considered to be a legend of their football club on the white of that shirt they had their names embossed onto the white. And I just thought that was so, That's so cool. So very cool. for me, it was like, do you know what? If I was at Arsenal with this current team, if you had all the legends <laughs> That's on, true. The ba- yeah. on their yeah. shirts, and you could just imagine them whispering into their ear going... <laughs> Come on, you can do a bit better than that. <laughs> so that's why I picked that shirt, because I just thought that was so iconic to have all the names of the legends embossed in the white onto the shirt. I gave you extra minute more time then, because that was yeah, really... because he had to go and get the beer. Yeah, so yeah, yeah there is that. But that was really interesting. Okay, so we've got um, four great shirts. We'll, we'll do a vote in a minute. I want to ask you about kits in particular. I mean, was that a thing for you when you when the new season come around? Did you ever really... Not care about the football kits? No, not really. I think you're, you're, you're playing for a, a club. I think... Uh, I didn't really worry too much uh, about shirts. I've just been, I uh, was talking to the guys after, um, and I was saying, like, I've got three, ba- well, I had three bags of shirts up in my loft, and I've, I've ne- I had no idea what was in there. Oh, um, dear, they so, won't like that. Uh, so, uh, oh, we did, no, we, they do like it because they've got some of them. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I saw, no, I saw no, pound I signs had, rolling had, in their eyes yeah, when yeah, they heard yeah. that. Yeah. I had no idea what was, it, what was in there, and it, what was quite interesting is I had one of the guys come. 
and they were actually telling me what the shirts were from the year, <laughs> and also particularly the shirts but, that I'd swapped, who they belonged to. I had absolutely no but idea. I suppose for you, it's like it's it's your uniform for work, and who the bloody hell cares about what uniform that they wear for work every? No, and I, th week. I think also as well. There's obviously uh, they said to me, "Oh, what's your favourite shirt?" Well, it's going to be the the JVC, the yellow shirt, yeah. '89 for me, which is my first trophy major trophy at Arsenal, so that's iconic for me. And I think you get, to, when you're a player, if you, if you win something within that season, that shirt becomes more precious to you. you see, I you assume that wasn't in that bag, sorry. I assume that shirt from Anfield in 89 wasn't it, in that bag. It was in that bag, no. but it came out very yeah, quickly. <laughs> you say you didn't care about the shirt so much, but did you really care about the squad number? Were you happy to be number three? Yeah, no, I mean, I, th I think at, at that period of time, it's just like left back is, was always three. So I, I was never, so I was associated with three. Actually, when I first went to Arsenal uh, and they didn't have the squads, I was, I was two because I first started okay. at right back as well. So I wore the number two shirt. But I think for me, as I went on through the years, it was all everyone associated where I played left back with, with the three shirt. What do you think about like things like defenders wearing number nine? Because that makes me want to kill a man. <laughs> like, you know, you see a centre-back William Gallas at number see, 10. Yeah, yeah, William Gallas was wearing 10 yeah. for Chelsea. Come on, that's a, you should be well, doctoring points just a, for that. It just tells you that he's a frustrated centre-forward. Yeah, that's, really. yeah. that, that's all that is. Well, what, you'd know. <laughs> what did the Arsenal boys think of the bruised banana kit? Because that's the one they always talk about, the, the away kit with the... Do you know what? I don't, think, I don't think players really worry too much yeah. about the, the, um, the designer shirt. And what was interesting, listening to the audience uh, at the end of that debate, because we you were uh, guys up here... Rolled in up the shirts, and I'm going, ate that shirt. And, he's got, <laughs> and the guys down the front are going, no, I absolutely love it. Yeah. And I think, for, as you said, for a player, it, it's your job. Mm. Uh, you know, you just put the shirt on, you, you wear it, because that's for your club. But for, for the supporters, they like something a little bit different as well. Mm. That's what stands their club out, maybe, from the rest. Okay. Well, let's, let's put this to the vote then. So, cheer, clap, whatever way you want to do it. So, we are going with who went first? So, Matthews, Man United, 92, Kit? No, oh, boots count. No, boots count. Boots don't count. Uh, the USA 94 kit. Oh, a little bit. A little bit. You know where this is going, this don't is going, you? Yeah. Newcastle. Oh, none. Oh, that's no. good. That's no, we got one. I like that, though. That's all right. Oh, look, Polite, so I think the Ajax kit is going to win it. This is a popularity contest. This is nothing short of that. This is a disgrace. This is a good start. Right, OK. Let's go. We're going to talk game now. So best game of the 90s. Nigel, we'll stick with you. And we've got here, this is the end of the season, the famous first title winning season for Arsenal Wenger. Arsenal 4, Everton nil. I think everyone remembers this moment as well. Why have you yeah, well, chosen I, this game for us? Listen, at the end of it, it's, it, I've cheated a little bit because it's not the game of the season or of the 90s. But for me, when you're just trying to uh, make people understand, when you're involved in something that's so iconic uh, and when you are at the, the, one of the big, big clubs... Uh, and you're going for these sort of titles. Um, there becomes periods throughout the season, obviously within this season as well. We, we beat Manchester United 1-0 in March. We were so far behind them. Sorry about it. I just, <laughs> need, just need to get it in early. Mark over, but Mark I mean, I think, Yeah, but for this game, so you, when you're walking out in uh, the hybrid that time, it's 38,000, and you know the expectation uh, from the supporters sitting in there is that we are going to lift the league title in front of our own supporters that afternoon. And the way that this game un unfolded against Everson, we absolutely annihilated yeah. them. But I think the, 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 the thing about this game for me was just that final goal, mm. that fourth goal, is our two centre-halves, one chipping it through for the other centre-half who's overlapping down the centre of the pitch, who then takes a, a chest touch forward <laughs> and wallops it into the net. I'm going to keep carrying keep on. Going. It's, it's interesting. Go on, Go on so, I'll let you. Um, yeah, by one of our legendary, our legendary captains. So... It's not the game of the 90s, but it meant so much to me. No, it's one of those moments. Is that the moment where you see the fan in the crowd, the famous Sky Sports guy? Yeah, that well. was the game at Old Trafford. Oh, was that the, the Old Trafford The ginger one? guy, yeah, Brian, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, the guy shouting. The guy shouting, yeah. No, it was a yeah, great moment Which for that. Which effectively did win you the league that season, really. That The three points there. Yeah, the overmars goal. Switched yeah. everything. I mean, I know, obviously, that was the well, game. It just, that it just switches. Um, when you, people talk about big games... What it does is, it, you know, is United were so far ahead. We had games in hand, but we went on an incredible run. But to go to Old Trafford and beat them the way we did, is that puts the doubt into the United players' minds. Whereas we're now going, we've got an unbelievable chance to go on and win the title. And that just that momentum from that game just took us through to the, to the end. Nigel, what was it like 
the change from, obviously, you had Stuart Houston and uh, Bruce Rioch in the middle, but what was the change like from George Graham to Arsene Wenger? How long did he prolong your career at Arsenal, for example? Um, I, th I think for me, well, under I know for sure under Bruce Rioch, he was trying to get rid of me. So um, that was, I was quite pleased. When well, he that's only, not good, yeah. That's, a, that's good when he only lasted a season. Yeah. Uh, but after that, I think with Arsene Wenger, when he came in, everyone talks... Uh, particularly about the diets and the different things he did at the club. For me, it was it was quite simple. It was the intensity of the training uh, that changed so 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 quickly, and I just knew after a couple of uh, training sessions that I wanted to try and be part of the um, uh, this Arsenal team that was going forward. With, well, that was with good because he'd, he'd had that bedrock. That bedrock was already there of obviously the, the famous yeah, but five, to be six fair, of you. To be fair to Arsene Wenger, I know for sure that he was told that he needed to change the back four. That's one of the first things he was told he needed to do. Uh, and, but what he did is he made his assessment initially on training and then through the, the pre-season games and then, and then into the league. So, uh, yeah, he was, I think he was told quite a few things, but he stuck to his own guns, made, made his own assessment. And, uh, you know, that, that's where the, the, the history really Did you know straight away that he was special? I don't think I, I. I just loved his his training methods and the way that he spoke to the players. There was never any uh, raised voices. Um, the respect that he had for the players, but also he just he just the players that he brought in at that period of time. The attacking options that he brought to the club, along with the back four that we had, just propelled us again onto onto the next level. So uh, it was he just let, he just he just used to say to you. Go out and enjoy yourself. It was like playing on a Saturday and Sunday. It was just unbelievable. Who was more important, Vieira or Bergkamp? Well, we'll get to Bergkamp later. Oh, spoiler. We, right. talk about we had, we had it on time for this, by the way. Yeah, I know. Have you been rested? Yeah. God, you don't know where you're us. What are you in? Yeah, it's true. Crikey. We've got more questions, don't worry. Um, Go on, then. I'll just have to quickly talk about another game. This is the one that I've chosen. This is... Going back to a World Cup that I don't talk about often, actually, but France 98, England, Argentina. Obviously, it has a heartbreaking end, but for me, it was such a game that had so much to it. You had the early penalties with Batistuta and, and Alan Shearer. Uh, we then had the announcement and arrival of Michael Owen, which at that point, I was a massive Michael Owen fan. I, I Young Michael. Young Michael, yes. Uh, they, you know, when you see that goal, here it comes. I mean... 18 years old, running for what, yeah, years from Mbappe or anything like that. Just the audacity of somebody doing that. That lit up the game. And then, of course, you had that clever equaliser from... Um, I haven't started the minute, though. That's cheating. Um, when I was 18, I was sniffing poppers in nightclubs in Middlesbrough. Exactly, yeah. yeah exactly. And look at, look at young Michael doing that. <laughs> and then the, the extra time, obviously, we, David Beckham before that getting sent off, which was such a cruel blow to our chances because I think they were the better team. What a free kick routine as well. You don't see those very often. Um, and then penalty shootout is, again, England's foil at the end of it there, which we'll get to in a second. It's just, when I think of World Cup games, England seems to be involved in all the best games, not necessarily the breast ending, as 1990 was a great uh, game as well, so was 96. But for me, this game had everything, bar a happy ending, unless you're, if you're an Argentina fan. I mean, I always remember the headline in the Daily Mirror the next day with David Beckham, and it was 10 heroes, one stupid lion, and, you know, what happened mm. to David after one that? One stupid boy. One stupid boy, there we go, yeah. I think well they done. did a Dad's Army thing, as was their want. Yeah. So, so, yeah, Dad's Army. That one's for me. So, yeah, I've gone for England, Argentina, 98. Joe, which is going to be our oh, first? Is it me? Yeah, first right, bit so of borough in, for the start for the day. So we're going into uh, we're going into Middlesbrough land now. I'm afraid. Sorry, uh, my Should favourite game of the 1990s, which I was at. This is Middlesbrough three, Chesterfield yeah, three, FA yeah. Cup semi final, 96, 97, isn't it? Are they 97? Yeah, yeah, 97. Yeah. Cool, come on. Uh, this has got the underdogs versus the big spenders, and for once, the big spenders were Borough, which you know at that time wasn't really heard of. Um, they get a goal really early. Kevin Francis, I think, who gets it. This is bang, and we go 1-0 down. There's then a penalty that Sean Dyche, of all people, converts. So, you know, Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche. That he converts. Uh, we then go down the other end. Ravinelli gets one back. We um, Then there's the contentious moment, which, as I was saying to Ash before we came out tonight, uh, when I watched this last night on the Borough website, the third goal that should have been that wasn't is just totally brushed over on the Middlesbrough website. I'm sure it isn't on the Chesterfield website, but it certainly should have been a goal. Uh, we get a penalty at the other end, which Craig Higgins just squirms under the body of one of his best friends. 
Oh, we haven't even talked about Janinho falling flat on his face yet. <laughs> but that is a fun moment. Janinho falling Extra flat on his face. Here's the Sean Dyche penalty here. We see Janinho falling flat on his face, going for a header, which then... Can um, you blow the whistle again, please? Gianluca Festa converts. <laughs> There's so much the to this game. kick of the game... Chesterfield equalising, it's 3-0. What a day this was. It was really, really brilliant. He's the Ravenelli goal. Bang, yeah. there you go. Um, yeah, that's my favourite. I was there, it's a Borough game, I'm biased. But God alive, that was fun. Oh, I forgot, Kinder getting sent off as well. Yeah, no, game full of everything as well. Um, there's more goals in this next one, isn't there, Matthew? You're going right back to the beginning of the decade. This is... Go on, tell us. FA, Kenny Douglas's last stand as Liverpool manager. Kenny well, there were so many connotations in this game. I mean, obviously, it was a, an epic... Epic FA Cup encounter uh, replay. But I, I, the reason I've chosen it is because it's one of those 90s games that probably so many people didn't see. Yeah. But everyone can remember. I mean, was this on... I think it's because it's pre-Premier League, isn't yeah. it? Well, it was pre-Premier League, but Sky had some kind of coverage. Did they not have the FA Cup? Was it I think Screen they had the early rounds or? of the FA Cup in the... Uh, yeah, this was one of the very first Sky broadcasts. Can you tell us what the game is, please, Matthew? I'm I sure the people listening don't know. The FA Cup replay... Fifth round, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Everton Liverpool. Everton Liverpool, thank you. Um, a massive game, obviously a huge uh, Merseyside derby, but so many connotations. I mean, you had a Liverpool team there that was sort of at the peak. They were top of the league at this point going into this game. Three points clear. Everyone thought they were going to win the league because they always did back then. But then you obviously apart from in '89, like you know, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but, but obviously this this changed everything. They drew this game for all. Dalglish resigned two days later. There was a huge changing of the guard. Arsenal then. Uh, drew level with them and then went on to win the league and um, I mean a lot of people would say Liverpool have never come back from this game since in the league I mean I've obviously mm. won uh, you know tin pot trophy I mean European Cups and, uh, <laughs> that treble like in 2001 like yeah. Cup, Cup treble <laughs> but um, no I just think it's it's memorable because it's the kind of game that people probably didn't watch but everybody of a certain age would remember, and I think old people uh, that, like us, you yeah, know. Yeah, and yeah. I, well, I, I, go, isn't I it? turned to you and uh, and oh, as what? I said that because you were probably in a night you were probably in a nightclub in Middles, but doing oh, what, what was it, 1990? Yeah, yeah, February. yeah, I was probably in a young children's nightclub, like 90, yeah, 91, <laughs> 91, 15, yeah, I might have been, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Barnes's goal is the one everyone remembers in this, well, though, Barnes's isn't it? Yeah. goal was a great goal, yeah. he had a great knack of doing that that yeah. way. He, he would cut Carved inside and, the, yeah. and put it in the corner, and he yeah. did a he scored a similar goal against Villa, I think, the season before, but um, okay, great game, and had a lot. A lot of history behind it, so uh, let's uh, let's put it to the vote and see if it's going into room. Oh, here we go. 1990s, then. Um, starting at the I'm end. I'm definitely then. not a winner this time. Oh, mate. Chesterfield, Middlesbrough. Hey, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I got a bit there, a bit of love. A bit there. England, Argentina. No, no one likes that. It, it's oh, damaging. It minimal, minimal, minimal. Yeah, Everton, Liverpool. Oh, nothing. Oh. One. Arsenal, Everton. Oh, <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is favouritism. You just like him. There's a trend starting here. There is definitely a trend. Um, let's go to uh, goals. Don't games. Let's do goals. Goals is of the me? 90s. Um, well, I'm going to go to you first because as a QPR fan, I should be choosing this goal. Yeah. But because you love it so much. I really do. I let you choose it. So tell us the glory of Trevor Sinclair. This is Trevor Sinclair versus Barnsley with the overhead kick. I love this. This is just everything that up. you want. There you go. Bang. Oh. And he knew exactly what he was doing. He saw it coming over his head, he flicked it over, and it's that cool QPR kit. Trevor Sinclair has great hair. That's all I've got to say. It's wonderful. It's perfection. He knew what he was doing. Perfect. Didn't there you go, 20 seconds. Didn't a certain 1990s other podcast that we won't mention say that was the most overrated goal of the day? Yeah, but that's because they're stupid and we know what we're talking about. Well, I've got two things about this goal, right? I can tell you the moment. There it is. Look at that. Trevin full flight. Look at that. Look at that. It's, it's, it's perfect form. He did know exactly what he was doing. He knew what, the, what he was going for. Perfect. Wonderful technique and athleticism and style. And it's just cool. Would that he goal just still cool. stand today, though? What, or what? Because it's dangerous play. Dangerous play. He's, he's not, I don't think there's anybody near him. Yeah, so I don't I think, think he'd probably be, be all right. Him. Well, if it hadn't, you wouldn't have anything to talk about for the last 25 years. Neither would true. I. Neither <laughs> would Trevor Sinclair, in fairness. <laughs> Trevor Sinclair famously quoted on this, he always says, I think it's on the season video, that he said that he tried this in training every day, which I don't believe. Did you say he tried it in training did. or did it in training? They tried day. it and it never came off, but he tried it in a match. I was there at this game, um, and it was one of those moments when you, I'm sure you've all been there when a great goal scored. There's this half second where everyone just goes, like, what have we just seen? And then you go mad. And then we go, I mean... The trouble is it was against Barnsley in the FA Cup fourth round, which no disrespect to Barnsley. I'm going to ask Nigel a question now. Go on, do it. What's the best goal that you've been on the pitch for? Well, he's going to tell us in a minute. 
Is that the one that he's on the pitch for? Yeah, I think, yeah. He's going to tell yeah, us in a minute. Oh, well, I've ruined it. Spoiler, yeah. spoiler alert. Get, back to, the, get back to the bar. Yeah. Wait, you haven't not, played for that round, by the way. It's not strictly the best goal that I've ever seen. But yeah, but the best one you were on the pitch it, for. It hurts a lot. Yeah. Oh. Well, we can ask oh, him. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah, we'll ask him. Because I think mine's up next. Yeah, well, this is a, a fella that uh, Nigel's very familiar with. We'll talk, be, be talking about him a bit more later on. This, for me, is almost a perfect, perfect goal. The ball from De Boer is flaming. It's not a hit and hope. He absolutely aims for Dennis in that corner. The first touch is immaculate. And the second touch, just to take it around the goalkeeper and put it in that. There are very few players for me in world football history that could score a goal like that. People listening won't know what it is. Ash. People can see it behind us. Yeah, but people listening on the podcast. People listening on the podcast will know that it's Dennis Burkham against Argentina. He's that predictable. World Cup 98. And do you know what? I didn't realise until the, I was watching this again the other day how late in the game this was as well. Yeah. This was kind of the last, uh, last few minutes of the game. So then to do the audacity to do that, I mean, people talk about his goal against Newcastle in the next decade. That's what I was going to say. He got a goal at Leicester City as well. Yeah, very, very similar, very yeah. Similar way. He pulled it out of the hair, flicked it up, dragged it inside and then rolled it in the corner. What was, what was Bergkamp like in training? Do you want to spoil everything? No. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what's happening on this podcast? <laughs> he actually hasn't seen the line. I haven't got to do anything. But no, for maybe me, we'll, yeah. Maybe we'll talk about it later. Okay, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> there it is, there he is, in full at concentration mode, that... That goal. I mean, we've friend of the show and Guardian journalist Sashin always says this is the most overrated goal. Well, the, again, I know, Sashin's wrong. Well, his argument is that any footballer should be able to touch that ball down like Dennis Burkham does. <laughs> Nigel, you're a professional. You've been a professional. Is that is that the case? I used to do it every day in training. <laughs> in training, <laughs> try, try it just, every day in training. Yeah. Just couldn't do it on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we saw you score a couple of screamers there, mate. Yeah, but that's not about touch, is it? That's just power. <laughs> that's just bang it. Keeping it international, Matthew, you've gone for one of our classic goals. Everyone here will know this one. Here we yeah. are, Euro 96. Well, there's various reasons I chose this one, and it's funny because if anyone that knows me really knows I'm not that much of a big England fan. I know you're quite an England man. I'm, I've got nothing against England, but I'm not, you know... I'm, this is Gascoigne versus no, Scotland, yes, by yeah, the way. For the listeners. But yeah. I chose this goal because it's just... Absolutely so pure 1990s, and seeing as we we're a 90s podcast, I think it helps. it's got the old Wembley, yeah. it's got people wearing with bleached hair, it's got people with curtains, hair, obviously Gaza an icon of the 90s, so really it was, obviously it was a huge occasion, I mean if you remember the game, England had drawn 1-1 in the opener, uh, Scotland fancied their chances, and, mm. and uh, McAllister had just missed a penalty, hadn't he, just a couple of minutes yeah, before this? Yuri Geller, yeah, yeah. Yuri Geller moved the ball. So, yeah. you know, in, terms of in terms of importance for that penalty, uh, that goal, um, I mean, it shifted the whole momentum for Euro 96, really. Mm. Obviously, it put England 2-0 up. Um, but not just that, it was a really, really good it's goal. A, it's I was going to swear yeah. there, but I realised it was... You know, and the fact he did it over his Rangers teammates. He did it over injury, his Rangers yeah. teammates. The celebration was iconic, and um, that's why. That's right. No, dead on the minute. Love it. Hendry um, said he never heard the end of it, like all the well, rest of the time. Well, you wouldn't. To be fair, he's been on the podcast, Colin Hendry, and he's quite happy to talk about that yeah. goal. I mean, he's probably sick to death of hearing about it, but <laughs> it is a very much iconic goal. Nigel, are you sick to death of hearing this choice? Uh, well, this is... Uh, I'm, I'm, oh. After this game, I, uh, I never looked at this goal really? for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, too, it's up there, mate. It's too <laughs> painful. There it's all right. So well, this is I just Ryan wanted to make you smile. But I think... The reason I picked it is because of what I call shifts yes. in momentum, which we talked about earlier. United did the uh, treble that season, and we could have quite easily done the domestic double again, losing the semi-final. I think we lost the league on it by a point as well mm. uh, that season. But they had uh, that was the replay. We had a man. Se- uh, they had a man sent Keen, off. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you had a goal disallowed as well. Didn't, didn't uh, yeah, Elka's goal, goal was disallowed. Uh, disallowed. But I just think that. Uh, big players, big moments, mm. have the ability to change a game. And I always talk about United and Arsenal teams together there, two juggernauts going head-to-head, and you never knew exactly what was going to happen. That's what made the best games. You went into those games with confidence, but also a little bit of apprehension because you knew if you were at your very, very best, you, were, you could win. But you also knew if United were at their best, you were quite capable of, of losing as well. And uh, I think when when Keane sent off there, we are so, so favourites to mm-hmm. go on and win that game. And just when Giggs picks up the ball there, you just think nothing's going to yeah. uh, happen. We talk about the Arsenal, the iconic back <laughs> four. Uh, and 
of course, I'm on the other side, so I'm not involved in the goal. Have you got away with that? I was just thinking about my teammates there, yeah. watching him go past Lee, and then I think he goes between Martin and somebody else. Uh, I think Tony comes sliding mm. in, and then the way that he finished the goal. Emphatic. It's, it's, yeah. It was a painful reminder of how close things can be, but how quickly it can be snatched away from you. The rivalry with Man United obviously is well documented. Obviously, for you, it started way before that. Remember the, the early '90s brawl, which you're very, you were very much involved in. Oh, was, here we go. Was with, that with Matthew's oh, I, friend McClare? Look at look at the size of me. I always <laughs> used to say I used to light the touch paper and then get to the back <laughs> of the queue very quickly and let the big boys get. But on was it very real the rivalry with Man United? Because oh, yes, we hear the was, stories of Keane and Vieira. Was yeah, there a was, real kind was. of battle? I think it was immense because um, United were the team that I think. We looked at and saying, if we want to be the best, we have to get past, un get past United. Um, we did it a few times, but they came back at us. But in that period of time, for me, there was only two teams contesting, really, the, the league title. And we f felt if we got the better of United, then we had a, a damn good chance of winning mm. the league. And I think because those games become so intense, it only took one little incident at the time was probably a little bit pathetic but in the build-up to the game it just sparked everything yeah. off and that's why those games were so explosive and I think that's why a lot of people like to watch them. Can yeah. I just ask you about that rivalry going back because a lot of it is people say it's gone back to the brawl the 91 brawl people even say it went back to Highbury in 88 with McLaren missing the penalty I mean from you personally have you ever sort of said this is what what caused it or what I think caused it or I mean have you got... No no I don't talk I, I always it it for me, it started when McClare missed the penalty and, and at Highbury, and I thanked him for missing it, and he didn't, <laughs> he didn't take to it too kindly. And from there, it just, it just escalated on and on. But I think the real reason for me was is because the two teams became so close in challenging each other. I think United knew that we were the danger team, and we knew United were the best, and we, we had to try and disturb, disturb the way the, their rhythm, if you like of going on to, to challenge for titles and, and cups. Well, I think it was personally between us, I think, but everyone here, I think it's probably the greatest, yeah. the last greatest rivalry yeah. in English football. I mean, you've had tussles for leagues between Everton and Liverpool in the late 80s, mid-80s, and you've had a bit of a spat with Chelsea and United. But, I mean, you think back to how many yeah. years that Liverpool-Chelsea maybe a little bit with Mourinho and Yeah, Benitez. but that was more yeah. fan... Yeah. I mean, there's always fan rivalry. I mean, obviously, you've got Liverpool-United rivalry as fans. But in terms of football history, they haven't actually swapped league titles like that. I mean, I think they in the mid-60s, they, they swapped it between themselves a couple of times. But you think how many times that league flip-flopped between Arsenal and United, and they were both involved, and cup games and finals and... I mean, that, there's an argument to, to be said that that Arsenal team there was probably better than the mm. Invincibles team in, in terms of what they well, could I have always, done. I but always say that, for me, the, the teams that I play, obviously I wasn't part of the Invincible team, but uh, if I had to pick any Arsenal team, uh, I would pick that team, the 98 team, as being the best team that I played in, in terms of uh, the characters you've got in your team, the ability that individual players had on the ball, but also, when the, as I say, when the game got ugly, yeah. we had players that would, would, would mix it with, with, the, with the best. So we, we, we had two styles of play. We could play great, attractive football. But if, if it got very, very messy, then we had big players that could deal do with you, that as well. As a team, do you enjoy that sort of rivalry? Do you enjoy the argy-bargy? You've only got to look at his face. <laughs> look at this big grin on his face uh, no, for anybody I mean, who's not here. I mean, uh, we, I often have, uh, with the work that I do, we often have discussion with uh, the, the general public, supporters of different teams, your, your own team, and they're always telling me about you know, how good this player is or you know, so-and-so, you should go and watch this player, it'd be great for your club. And I, I always, people say to me, I'll only make a judgment on a player when I've watched him play 10 times away from home. Yeah. Because when you're playing at home, if you've got 60, 70 or 80,000 people and 75,000 of them are supporting you, it doesn't really matter what you do. That Most of the time, those supporters are going to adore you. But if I flip that around and go to Old Trafford and you've got 70,000 people that are hating you... and if you, I didn't really. No, well, I, didn't. I know you did, so it doesn't <laughs> make a difference. But if you've got a player that's then performing at a high level away from home at the likes of Manchester United, Liverpool, yeah. then that tells me you've got a special player at your football club. Who was the one for you with Arsenal who fired themselves up, fired themselves up the most for those massive away games? Well, I don't think it was the likes of who, 
Well, yeah. I mean, it, it was just the teams that I played with and that mentality that, that you had. But you could have, in the early time, you think about Ian Wright, you talk about, uh, you know, Vieira. Burkamp was so much more ruthless. He was a nasty game. Uh, than people, yeah. <laughs> in the best possible do. way, though. Yeah, but what people talk about, they always they used to call him the Iceman, but yeah. he, was, he, was, he was ruthless as well. So I just, I just think the, the, you know, the intensity of those games and... Always look at. I always say to people, look, look at. If you, you if you're talking about a genuine legend of your club, just look what they do away from home, whether they influence mm. games or not, and then you'll know whether you've got a real player. Mm. Right, let's put this for the vote then, shall we? Well, yeah, let's see what happens here. Eh? <laughs> Trevor Sinclair. Oh, how dare Trevor you? Trevor Sinclair. How dare oh. you? Uh, Dennis Burkamp at the World Cup. Oh, oh. oh. hello. Oh. hello. Uh, Paul Gascoigne. Oh, finally, finally. And Ryan Giggs. Ooh, I think that's Burkamp, I think. Oh, I think that's, I mean, that's, a, I think that's a little bit Burkamp, yeah. yeah. I think it was a three-way tie. Three, three-way three three tie, there. Yeah, but not me. Right. Yeah, not you. Not, not Trevor Sinclair. How dare you, I'll everyone. go over here. Yeah. Right, we're going to... We try and squeeze two more in, but let's definitely do this uh, uh, category. We're talking player now. Um, I'll go first. A guy we literally just mentioned scoring against Scotland there. That's, could you have found a worse picture of Paul Gascoigne? I, I, I had a look at a few pictures, actually. That's, I just kind of liked this one. That looks like... Yeah, I don't want to say what it's, that it's, looks the, like. it's him giving me the thumbs up because I've chosen him as he my... He looks like he's gurning. He probably is, but he for me... He looks like he was in them nightclubs with me when I was 15 in the 1990s. Well, he was at the end of the, when he was at Borough. Certainly wasn't very good. yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, for me, I always say, don't I, on the show, that... Paul Gascoigne, for me, was the 1990s. You know, if you take 1990 to 1999, there was very rarely a year or a period that Gaza wasn't involved. The, the best midfield player of the 90s. There you go. So, How I, often did you play with him, Nigel? Uh, did I, you? I, I played against him, but when he, I would say when he was at his peak, he was the midfield player. He had the, the, the whole lot in terms of the, the ability. I mean, he's crackers. Everybody knows he's crackers. But his ability on the ball... Uh, his running power in terms of trying to knock him off the ball. Uh, the big, big moments that, you know, he would come to the fore and, and produce those. Were you playing in the game where he scored the goal, the semi-final? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but... Um, Should have yeah. nominated that as my goal. Should have done that, yeah. <laughs> should have done. You're well if, if we wanted here. to have a brawl on stage, yeah. then yeah, but you definitely should have done that. To me, he was the... the the yeah. top midfield player. In it's just period. what you think of Italian ninety. Job, you have, yeah. and I thank you, Nigel. But yeah, just quickly, Italian ninety. Obviously, what he did there, and not just the tears, but the Cruyff turn against the Holland, his performance against Cameroon, and then ninety six. And but even between that, I mean, I know he went to Rangers, which at some point, and you could question the quality, but the Scottish league was better then than it is certainly now. And what he did up there for me, Gaza, definitely in the nineties. Um, someone else, I think we've mentioned. Mr. Burkham, Mr. Winterburn. Yeah, I, th I think for me... It's Stepping on Dennis Irwin, by the, by the looks of that. You can't, you can't see Irwin on the floor. Well, I told yeah. you he's more ruthless than he <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. thought he was. Yeah, but look but at how beautiful Burkham looks and look at how ugly... And, yeah. and I don't mean beautiful physically, I just mean his movement and, and there's Irwin splayed on the I floor I think he's there. saying there, oops, did I stand on you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. He probably couldn't sorry. see him in that grey kit. I'll tell you what, those socks are nice. Those Arsenal socks are nice. I mean, I've... I picked Burkamp. I could have, you know, because I've spent a longer period of time with him. A lot of when I have the debate with Arsenal supporters, what I call modern Arsenal, a lot of people pick Henri as yeah. well. But I think Henri was at his pomp from 2000. Oh, onwards definitely, at, yeah, yeah. Uh, at Arsenal, but Burkamp because when somebody iconic comes to your football club, but delivers everything and more that you're uh, expecting from them in terms of their uh, performances. We talked about the Leicester goal, but his hat-trick mm -hmm. away. You've, you've showed goals from the World Cup. But just a, a true gentleman, unassuming, but absolutely his role in the team is so pivotal. The, the chances that he creates for his teammates, the goals that he scored, uh, and how ruthless yeah. he is when he needs to be. I remember doing uh, several training sessions against him. Uh, we're doing little small-sided 8v8 uh, games. and I remember in one game, Steve Bowles was marking him a lot. And he was giving Burkamp quite a few digs in the back. And I was on Steve Ball's team, so I went in to mark him the, the, the next time. And all of a sudden, I just felt this whack straight across, <laughs> great, great across my, oh my face. And I, I just had a look down, had a little feel of like blood from my face. Oh. And then the, the nose was split oh as no. well. 
So um, a little bit more ruthless, ruthless as yeah, I said, the Iceman. than, than, uh, yeah. than the. I, I actually his think his quality was incredible. The best foreign import the Premier League's ever seen. Uh, Just because he was such a game changer for the Premier League. Yes, I, I think so. At the time that he that he came into the to the football yeah. club. Uh, You've got to remember that he was, he'd was he been at Inter Milan, hadn't he, before? And he he's going on way set, longer than a minute. He hadn't but yeah. set the world on fire in Italy at all. And then he'd come here as almost a little bit of damaged goods. And yet when, when he came here, we saw him to be the truly world-class, unbelievable. But also sometimes very quiet player that, yeah. he, that he could be, like just doing everything really well, but like excellently well, but just, just getting on with it. And, and sometimes the really brilliant, really brilliant players in the world, you only see that, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 No, definitely what a choice from I would have chosen as well. Uh, Matthew, we've already talked about him, but here he is, look at him, young Ryan Wilson. Oh, there. young Ryan. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that's kind of, it's my point in a way, because I mean, if, if someone says you're player of the 90s, I mean, I dis don't disagree with anyone that's been mentioned yeah. so far. I mean, I, I, first of all, I thought Gaza, and then you could say Bergkamp, and you could, I mean, there's so many you could yeah. pick, but I, I purely pick gigs from a longevity point of view, because if you think he made his debut in the 1990-91 yeah. season. Um, against City, wasn't it? Yeah, against Man yeah. City and scored, although yeah. it was a bit dubious. I think it was went down as an own goal, or it should have gone down as an own goal. But then you look at what, he, you know, what happened in that decade. You've got early 90s English football, which was completely different from how the end of the decade went along. So he's been there through the whole transition, not just of Manchester United, but of the, of the Premier League or football, English football in this country. And he's been there through all of that. And he's won f uh, five league titles in those 10 years. Yeah. He's won three FA Cups. He's won a European Cup. And he's obviously gone on beyond the 90s to up until the last, you know, sort of 2006 yeah. years or whatever it was. It's 2011. So, yeah. yeah. So, he's I mean, got his last Man United goal was at Loftus Road. Yeah, well, so <laughs> it's not any kind of bias towards gigs. I mean, I, I loved him as a player. I thought he was a great player. I'm sure you'd... You, yeah, but also you have to remember that you, he, in a way, reinvented himself from a left winger, lots of pace, good dribbling, and then towards the end of his career, he played in right. centre, centre, centre midfield. Yeah, and, and probably could well. have gone so for I'm doing year. your job for you well here. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, what more, was, uh, yeah. what more confirmation him, do you need? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I mean, pleased that he was on the other side most of the time. Yeah. I've got, I've got to yeah. Him, yeah. Did he ever, like, switch and uh, you think, oh, Christ, no, no, no please, I think no. he, he just liked playing against he, Lee most knew of the you, time. He, he obviously knew that you'd... Uh, you'd so he yeah. could do Lee Dixon, but not you, so yeah. that's a compliment. Yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't keep up with him anyway. So. <laughs> I remember Giggs once saying one of the hardest opponents he ever had was uh, Maldini, but also Earl Barrett. Well, um, Barrett, Barrett was, is, a solid, yeah, you think was a solid... I don't think I'd put them two in oh, exactly. the same No, 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 no disrespect to Earl, but yeah. Is Earl Barrett yeah. here tonight? Is Earl, oh, <laughs> good old Earl. Right, Joel, we have got nearly towards the end of the podcast and we haven't mentioned this man. There he is, Janino. Yeah, Janino. Uh, honestly, I know he doesn't come up to the people that you've said here, but look at him, he's beautiful. <laughs> Lovely little Janino. Signed for us instead of Arsenal. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just the most gorgeous, tiny, dribbler, skillful, and more heart than any player I have ever seen in a Borussia, or particularly anybody in the Premier League era. Um, just the absolute love of everybody's lives in Middlesbrough. I'm now down on my knees worshipping. <laughs> that, that's how desperate he is for your vote. No, he's just, I think that's the thing more than anything, is beyond the skill, it was his passion and his heart for the club and for the town, and he still loves it, and he still comes back and Has does stuff. Has anybody got a tissue? I know, yeah. He's going to start, uh, yeah, weep, well, he's gonna start weeping in a yeah. minute. Yeah, yeah, I, did, I don't know about weeping. Right. I was going to say, go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that is never a tissue. <laughs> Uh, Janino, Nigel, do you many runnings with him? Hold on, right. So, uh, before we came on, yeah. we were talking about Middlesbrough well, 1. You weren't. He didn't remember Middlesbrough it, Middlesbrough 1 no, Middlesbrough 6, <laughs> right, in the FA Cup. Nigel played at the game, doesn't remember it. Kanu uh, back here. Yeah. He only remembers the big games. Yeah. He only remembers the big games. Yeah, well, I, think it, I think it was so easy. That, uh, oh, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, didn't you want to change your name to Jolino? That's your... I, si I still sign my name, Jolino. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. yeah, he's the king. Uh, he owns the town. Should he ever want to come back? And I think he's running Brazilian football at the minute. Something like is, that, Which yeah. is yeah. really weird. He's, not, he's like one of the high executives. Up Taking there. on the might of Kenny Cunningham in that picture, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think that was a nil-nil against Wimbledon yeah. at their place. Yeah, like um, Park, yeah. which I, so I he obviously wasn't that good then, was he? <laughs> Right, let's put it to the vote and find out. Um, that's Janino, anyone? Yeah, uh, come on! The one borough voice down there, yeah. Um, and then we had Ryan Giggs. Ooh, ooh, oh, two ooh, woos. Ooh, ooh. Two woos. Two woos. Paul Gascoigne. 
Nod for Gascoigne. Janinho's winning. I wonder what'll happen Dennis now. Dennis Burkamp. Hold on. There you go. I think Dennis Bergkamp there, to be honest, but never mind. Right, before we go, uh, we've got time to squeeze in a very quick couple of questions um, from the audience. So if you've got anything you want to ask Nigel, obviously, I don't think they'll be asking us anything. Um, is there anyone who's got a quick question? Oh, we've got there, a we mic go, there we go, there we go. We've got the there. there. Hold on, you're coming. There's a mic coming. There's don't a mic worry. coming. Nigel, coming from a, a long-suffering Arsenal fan, uh, if, you could, if you could take any... Uh, hey, it's been a rough 23 years, all right? Uh, if you could Try pick... being a Borough or a QBR fan, man. I wouldn't bother. Um, <laughs> if you could pick any player, if any, from this current Arsenal team to play in the teams that you played in, who would it be and why? Uh, I don't think I'd take anybody. Uh, no, I ha actually, I had this... Uh, you might know, I do a couple of tours for, for Arsenal in, in the week. Uh, and after uh, of this debate, uh, if you look at, if I pick my 98 team uh, and try and fit into um, any of the players of today's squad, um, I think the best I could do, if I'm quite honest with you, is get them on the bench. I don't think any of this, any of this current squad would get into my nah. 98 team. Oh, that's and, one for the papers. And also, it probably wouldn't get into the Invincible team either. Um, so it tells you where we need to go, but we're looking like we've made one or two interesting signings. So I, I'm I'm more positive than I was six weeks ago. Mm. Uh, any week, I think we've got one more time for one more question. Azer at the front, oh, down yes, here, wearing the best shirt in the world. Oh, it's favouritism again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one for Matthew. Just one. Oh, 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 <laughs> just we'll go home then. Yeah, just wondering what your go-to pear cider is. I've always been quite partial <laughs> well, to Well, right. So today, I tried to bring him in some pear cider as a peace offering. We, I wasn't allowed to got confiscated it. on the door. But yeah. the, answer to the, question, the answer to the question is Tesco home brand pear cider. £2.20 for four count. Yeah. Can we have a real question, please? Yeah, has anyone yeah. got a real Everyone's question? got a real question, but there, there we yeah, go. go. Oh, this is for Nigel. Um, what do you think the effects of uh, social media are nowadays in football compared to the 90s? Mm. That's a serious Ooh. question. Yeah. Uh, well, we used to be, be able to go out quite a lot in the <laughs> 90s. Uh, but also, yeah, I, th I think, you know, we criticise our current players a lot. Uh, but then I think social media absolutely destroys them as well. Um, the question I probably would throw back to you was, would you really worry about what your current players were doing if they were lifting FA Cups and league titles yeah. on a regular basis, if you kept that within reality, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about. So if these players were going out socialising together and you saw them on a night out and you saw a table uh, full of pint glasses, I could guarantee that you wouldn't care less if they lifted the league title that year. But if they were closer to relegation... Uh, and, you, and you put that onto social media, all those players in that picture would get absolutely caned um, by, so the, by the supporters. So <laughs> it just depends where you are in that, in that moment of time. But for me, it was a lot easier in the, in the period I was in because we were allowed to go out and socialise. We could mix in with the public. We could, we could, we could have a few drinks. Um, but also we got, we got to do There's what we many, love doing. Like the press now especially is that everybody's got a camera phone. So even if you set for or do something that can even be conceived as being wrong, you're in trouble, aren't you? I think. Yeah, I think so. And also as well, we don't know the context of, of what's exactly. happening as well. Yeah. So you just see the picture within the paper and uh, you know, it could be straightforward. There could be a simple answer, but it, it looks wrong. Would uh, it have concerned then... you? I mean, I don't know. I'm sure you would have liked to pint back in the good old days. But I mean, would, nowadays, if you were playing, would you think uh, it's just not worth my... Oh, I think it would. I, I think it would be a nightmare. But also, as well, you know, you did tend to be, or I tended to be, a little bit more careful at times as well. I mean, we talk about with, with the team that I had in, uh, going out on. We used to call the Tuesday club, but we never had a game on the Wednesday or the Wednesday or the Thursday. We were usually off on a Wednesday. Most of the players spent probably spent the day in bed on the Wednesday recovering, back in training on the Thursday ready to play on, on the But on that's the, the same thing Saturday. we were saying about shirts and squad numbers job, and all that. It? Yeah. For you, it's work. Mm. And you, you're allowed to have some time off. Yeah. And some but also, time that's the period that you're playing in. And you'll, you'll find that maybe every, every team was doing that. It was yeah. socially accepted that most players... Drink's kind of gone quite a lot, hasn't it? You don't... Well, it you, don't so, you, couldn't, you couldn't do... I don't, I don't believe you could do that today. You couldn't, 
you couldn't go out the amount of times that we went out socialising and drinking and keeping up with the players. Well, that's now your mate Den uh, Dennis Bergkamp's fault, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's... It, he's he's in room 1990s now, so he can't... So yeah. the, the basic rule and the basic line is football was more fun in the 90s. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I think yeah, The only good machine. point now is you'd be a lot richer. Yeah, very yeah, true. So, uh, on that note, thank you very much to you guys as usual, Joel, Matthew, but thank you very much to our special guest, Mr Nigel Winterburn. <laughs> As I said, check us out on Twitter at AK90s or whatever podcast platform you use. We'll be chatting more 90s nonsense next week, probably. And with Pear Cider. And with Pear Cider, yeah. I think you've got the joke. Thank you very much. Bye.